Welcome back to Safe Talk with Safe Start. I'm Danny Smith. The topic today is Safe Start's new and, in my opinion, much improved trainer's guide that was rolled out as a part of the launch of Safe Start Now. I've asked Pandora Bryce to join us on the podcast today. And Pandora, as you may remember, is Safe Start's Vice President of Product Development and, as such, the responsibility to keep Safe Start fresh and user-friendly without sacrificing any efficacy ultimately falls to her and to her team. So, Pandora, welcome back to the podcast. Happy to be here, Danny. Okay, so one of the many things that your team was tasked with as a part of the ongoing Safe Start Now project was redesigning the trainer's guide for our facilitators. Now, some of our listeners may actually recall a time back when our trainer's guide was much, much larger. And well, it actually filled an entire, well, a large three ring binder. <laughs> so over the past few years, we've, uh, we've migrated to a smaller workbook size guide for our trainers. And with Safe Start Now, uh, your team really worked to condense that down, but also, I think, to add some new features as well. So how was the decision made as to, well, what stays and what goes and, shall we say, uh, I guess the process of thinking about what are we missing, right? That, that's a great question. Pretty much all of the changes in the trainer's guide were a result of the updates to the units. Here's an example. When we updated the cards, to be a six panel story card and an eight panel cert card, we no longer needed the big section explaining which card to use in each unit. Both cards are used in all units, so simpler for everyone. Sure. And you know, uh, some of the other changes were additions. There are new sections on 24 seven safety, which is a real key point for us at, at uh, Safe Start, updated learning design and descriptions of how that works and some great new content about how to be a strong facilitator and how to get participants engaged during classes. We also added in some templates and worksheets to make unit preparation easier and better for the trainers. I love it. And, and one of the things that really caught my eye in the trainer's guide was the increased focus on storytelling. And that, I mean, that also corresponds with the additional components that you talked about that we've added. Spending time developing those solid stories that really make what some of our consultants call that connection between the heart and the mind. And, and we start with all types of stories that are common to almost everyone. I, I know I've had a lot of serious close calls out on the highway myself, and so relating those really helps. And then, you know, I even though I talked to my daughters when they were growing up about the Safe Start concepts, well, they've had similar experiences as well. But the connection was made with them as I was talking to them about the concepts. And in particular, I think my youngest daughter, Laura, who, as she started driving, told me about how hearing the concepts and hearing about the concepts actually made her a better driver. So the enhanced focus on the stories and sharing those experiences and the storytelling, I think that's a great place for us to start our discussion about the changes to the trainer's guide. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, Danny. You know, stories are the rocket fuel that propels Safe Start. They, they bring the concepts to life and they show that everyone makes mistakes. We're all human. Also, storytelling is a skill. Over the past 20 plus years, we've proven that practice leads to effective storytelling. It's not some sort of inborn talent. You know, Safe Start teaches you how. 
So how do you craft a Safe Start story? The units provide step-by-step -step practice in the elements of a Safe Start story by starting with watching some story videos. Then the participants use the story card to jot down notes for their own story. And the classroom activities inspire others to tell their story. As Larry says, it's not just one or two stories, it's lots and lots of stories. And as we say, the concepts are too valuable just to stay at work. And the guide provides us some direction there as well, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, the stories you choose need to be from both the workplace and off the job. And generally the, the trainer's guide um, gets you to start with sharing off the job stories such as driving and then move into workplace stories later on. And that's because people will likely be most comfortable with choosing off the job stories initially. So if you don't mind, recap some of the benefits of storytelling. You've touched on some of the highlights already, but let's go into that a little bit more. I think that's a great subject for us to explore here. Yeah, thanks, Danny. So first of all, stories build trust. When you tell your safe start stories, the participants will realize that making a mistake, a critical error you never intended to make happens to us all. And they also make the heart and mind connection, as you said earlier, Danny. Uh, stories also validate the Safe Start concepts and techniques. You know, the, the reason why we don't maybe learn from the injuries and close calls of the past is that we don't understand what they're trying to teach us. But Safe Start offers a framework for examining and, and for reinterpreting those events of the past. If you tell your stories well, participants will see the state-to-error risk pattern in vivid detail and come to appreciate the value of the critical error reduction techniques. And then in class and, and on the shop floor, stories increase participation. Telling your stories gives the participants permission to tell their own stories. I think that's a really important piece that you just mentioned there. It, it gives them the permission and really it makes them feel comfortable sharing those stories. But a part of that, and an, an important part of that, is for our facilitators to be willing to humble themselves uh, to share their stories about their own mistakes and their own errors that they have made. I mean, you are the only one who really knows about the states that you were in when your situation occurred. Mm -hmm. uh, same applies to the errors. So, Pandora, you said it, by, by going first, it really gives others permission then to share their own times and breaks down those barriers uh, uh, to share those experiences where they have had mistakes that they have made, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, that, you know, that's far from the end of the benefits of storytelling. Another element is that stories promote vicarious learning. It's true that people learn from their own personal experience, but you know, we also learn by watching or hearing about the experiences of others because we imagine ourselves in their shoes. Plus, vicarious learning is less painful than the school of hard knocks. <laughs> this is true. Very true. Yes. <laughs> I, I've seen your video about uh, hitting your shin on, on your um, trailer hitch on your truck. And every time I want to grab my leg. I mean, I, I, I yes. totally feel it. It feels yes. so real to me. <laughs> stories increase motivation to learn as well uh, adults are motivated to learn when they see that they can use what they're learning right away and the true value of safe start concepts and techniques is shown as your stories sort of diffuse the mystery of why people get hurt 
and illustrate how easily those injuries could have been prevented. Stories also increase the efficacy of the training, the, the strong effects of them. Adults learn best when training is based on real life experiences. And then also stories increase retention because they're easy to remember. I mean, right. humans have a huge storage capacity when it comes to being able to remember a story. Really good stories are hard to forget, maybe even impossible to forget right. and continue to motivate people long afterwards. That's so true. And having taught Safe Start now for, I guess, wow, over two decades, hard to imagine that. But I can tell you firsthand, it's, it's during those group discussions that we really see what I call those light bulb moments. It's when that light really goes on for most people. And having solid stories provided by the trainer prior to those discussions is really key to getting everyone else just to open up and to share and to tell their stories. I, I liken it to a test drive. It's the moment they can really test and validate the Safe Start concepts for themselves by comparing it to their own experiences. And in the new trainer's guide, you've chosen the same approach of what you need to know for those who may have little or, or even no facilitation experience, right? Yes. And one of the reasons to focus on stories is that they are so human. And, you know, even professional trainers like yourself do get nervous from time to time. So true. And, you know, there's a great quote out there, and I, I forget now who said it, so I'm, I'm horrible at not giving credit on this one. It goes something along these lines, and I'm probably botching the exact quote here, but essentially it's, uh, I haven't gotten rid of the butterflies in my stomach, but at least I've trained them to fly in the same direction. Uh, and I love that. I love just the, the mental imagery of that is so, so true. Uh, I've always said, you know, if you don't get a little bit nervous before you step up to speak or to train a unit or whatever it is, you probably need to check yourself just a little bit for complacency as a presenter. Uh, you may be getting a little too comfortable, right? Uh, that's, yeah. You're just primed for, for a fall there, right? No pun intended. Uh, however, too many nerves can also be an issue, and we've all seen that from time to time, maybe even experienced it ourselves. So the new trainer's guide also gives us a few tips regarding that issue as well. Yes, yeah, so here are a couple of tips, Danny. One is keep calm and train on. Focus on a friendly face or two at the beginning until you find your feet. Don't worry about the less than friendly faces. If you concentrate on those people, it will almost always throw you off. Just remember the people you're training haven't heard the Safe Start concepts and your stories before. And don't be afraid to use some humor and have fun. Sure. Here's a pro tip. Humor should always be self-deprecating and never pointed towards others. Sure. And, and now that we've got the nerves out of the way and we've talked a bit about uh, just relaxing, I guess, as you're up there uh, and ha having that positive nervous energy, I guess would be the way to put it. Uh, as I said a moment ago, just getting the butterflies lined up. Uh, I found that over the years, just you can almost embrace that feeling uh, and capture that energy a bit there. And what I like to do is really script out in my head what I'm about to say in the first few minutes. It's kind of like you hear a lot of sports teams where the offensive coordinator has the first five or ten plays of the game already scripted out. It helps you get in the flow of the game. So it's, it's very much like kind of warming up in sports and, and having that first few things kind of laid out as to where you're going. But in this trainer's guide, uh, you, you also provide some additional tips 
just for the facilitators to, shall we say, ensure the win? Yes, Danny. So we picked half a dozen tips to share today, and then there are plenty more in the guide. So first of all, mention that you want to hear other people's voices and you're curious to find out about the experiences they've had. You know, be curious about the participants, expect to learn a thing or two from them. You know, I find it interesting you say that because one of the con comments I often make at every workshop, every on-site trainer certification, every overview session that I do with employees, I always make the comment that I learn something in every one of those sessions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really, really key uh, that we learn from each other, you know, and like I said, we all learn in these sessions as a facilitator, you're picking up on things as a trainee, you're picking up on things as you're going through it as well. It, it's really just a, a really, really fun process, I guess you could say, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, uh, it saves it from being a big lecture or something like that, sure, <laughs> which sure. is not what we're after. <laughs> right. Yeah. The storytelling is really, really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So you've just led into my second point, Danny, which is to have fun, get mm -hmm. into the storytelling component and be personable and share things about yourself. You know, these small details go a long way with most people. The third tip is to learn names if you don't know them. And some of us are better at that than others, but certainly it's worth it's worth the effort. And sometimes you have the benefit of people wearing name tags, which can I, save, I love I love training in, Yeah, I love training in plants where they have the uniform shirts and I just pray that they don't swap shirts before they come into the training room just to confuse me, right? So hey That's Joe, right. Well, just remember whose shirt you have on today, right? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what are some other tips there? Well, so the fourth one is don't take low initial engagement personally and don't be afraid of silence. You know, you can use silence to your advantage and it's almost always much more uncomfortable for the participants than it is for you because they by and large want to contribute something valuable to the group. Sometimes you may just need to wait a moment to allow people to think of their responses. Yeah, I love that. And uh, sometimes, sometimes silence is is just your best friend as a facilitator. And you know, for us standing in front of the room, no matter how many times you've trained, that silent is silence is really awkward. It feels awkward as a presenter, yes. but you have to realize it also puts a bit of pressure on the folks in the room as well, and and it gives them a moment just to really reflect on what they're thinking about. And, uh, and then it also just, as I said, puts a little pressure on them to actually participate in, and it's just as uncomfortable for them sometimes to be quiet and listen to the crickets as it is for us. So, you know, they're just figuring out the concepts and uh, they may not quickly respond uh, just to, you know, just as much as someone who is, shall we say, well-versed in the Safe Start concept, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that silence can feel like an hour when you're standing up there. Sure. But actually, it might be four seconds yeah. and then someone will speak up. Sure. So that's a really important one. <laughs> Another tip, you know, when you're getting that engagement from the class, always try and find some kind of truth or something valuable in the question or the story offered by a participant. Even if their answer is a little off, find something good in there. Yeah. 
it goes back to the, what we we're talking about before uh, just learning as you're going through the class and seeking an opportunity to learn something new in every class that you're doing right yeah absolutely and then finally if you if you have a what you might call a negative participant or a difficult participant resist the urge <laughs> to see your entire facilitation experience as being that person and that person only you know you cannot control someone who's just bound and determined to be grumpy Right. And, and as humans were designed, our brains are designed to pay attention to those negative things and to see them as larger than the positive ones. Right. So remember, look around the 80 plus percent of others who are having a great time, you know, doing even better than expected. Sure. And that, that's really, really solid advice. Uh, we do tend to focus in on the minority opinion, shall we say. You know, in the trainer's guide, we also have some really great tips for times when, uh, as you said, people provide answers or give examples that are, well, shall we say, just not exactly what we were looking for when we asked the <laughs> yes, question. Right. So sometimes they may not have understood the question. You know, other times they're, well, they're looking at things that, from a bit of a different perspective, perhaps, than what we were. And that's okay, too, right? Uh, and yeah. I guess we could say it's okay for folks to feel okay to express a different answer. In fact, that's one of the great things I think with Safe Start. Uh, we sort of want that at times because it mm -hmm. really helps us to facilitate discussion. And I think that's a key thing as well. And we talk about this a little bit in the trainer's guide, that it's very much about facilitation and not just lecture. You mentioned that mm -hmm. a few moments ago. And you know, going back to these folks again, they're not trying to be negative. They're not trying to be argumentative. Well, most of them are. Go back to the 80% rule again, right? That's right. <laughs> uh, but the guide does give us some advice on how to deal with the, well, shall we say the 20%, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to remember that this is to be expected. Sure. And so a great rule of thumb is to never say that anyone's answer is wrong. Instead, you can ask them why they answered as they did, or and, and you want to ask from a perspective of positive curiosity. Yeah. And if the answer is different from what the revealed answer is when it shows up on the slide or you know or in the feedback, the easiest thing to do is just say you see where they're coming from and that you like how they're thinking about it. Sure. You know, and, and just remember they're learning. Absolutely. So, so you want to go to where they are and guide them along their journey. Yeah, I, I love when folks ask or give those answers that are not what's on the screen. Uh, you know, perhaps it's uh, in a video debrief, for example, and they say rushing, and that's not one of the things we have checked on the screen. And just to ask them that simple question, so why were you thinking rushing? Just out of curiosity, you know, but even with that, just the timing and the tone and the way you say that can be very influential too, right? What were you thinking? <laughs> why did you, you say that? <laughs> Why'd you say rushing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, no, that's not what we're going to say, right? Obviously, but yeah, I'm curious. Why? Uh, that's interesting. Why were you thinking rushing? And, and then just facilitate that discussion. And that's a part of the trainer's guide as well. Just teaching us how and giving us some tips on how to to do things like that. And mm -hmm. I would add too, you know, early on in the training, uh, you're in no danger of over affirming correct answers either. Uh, so in addition to all the changes that we've made in the process, uh, we've also made it more efficient 
and also redesigned the steering committee and also provided some additional resources for them as well with the, the new client portal. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about both of those resources. And I know you're planning to do a podcast on these. So I'm, I, I think that's great, but I am really excited about the portal. We have tons of resources there for steering committees, trainers, and leaders. I, I'm really excited about that, too. In fact, I've done a few steering committee sessions recently and literally pulled up the client portal live in class there, and, and it was almost like we took the the uh, the tour through the, the portal, if you will, and mm-hmm. looked at some of the resources there. And uh, as you said, I think we just really unearthed the subject for another podcast there for sure. So uh, Pandora, thanks again for being here today and spending the time with us to talk a bit about the new trainer's guide and some of the updates to it. It's always nice to sit down and just just have a quick discussion with you. You as well, Danny. My thanks for the invitation. You know, I, I am really, really excited about all the work that you and your team have produced. Uh, and I think we really today only scratched the surface of the new trainer's guide, which, you know, also in addition to that, we've also created a new more efficient guide for those who want to stick with Safe Start Classic. And we'll continue to support Safe Start Classic and uh, that version of Safe Start as well. And I know we've got some clients who are uh, maybe trained one site on that and still have another site that they want to continue and have both sites doing the same version, if you will. So that's understandable. We'll continue supporting that that version of Safe Start, the traditional version of Safe Start, if you will. Uh, and if you'd like more information on any of the changes to Safe Start, uh, your best bet is to reach out to one of your account executives. And as always, remember to share this podcast. Until next time. For Pandora and myself, I'm Danny Smith for Safe Talk with Safe Start, and thank you so much for listening today.